Hello and welcome back to We Dive Deeper. Today my guest is the wonderful, the disturbingly pretty, the very talented Marie Digby. Do you remember that cover, The probably the first ever cover on YouTube and it went viral and it was of a girl singing Umbrella? Because I do. And that's Marie Digby. And I've had the pleasure of getting to know her for the last three years and she's so kind and amazing and I'm so grateful to her for letting me dive into her brain. If you haven't heard of Marie, make sure you go and check her out. It's spelt at Marie Digby on social media. You will not regret it. And if you like the podcast and everything that I do, then head on over to patreon.com slash Kate McGill and you can support me on there and you also get the episodes a bit earlier. So who doesn't want that? maybe some people. Okay, so without further ado, here is me diving into Marie's brain. I hope you enjoy it. Hello! Hi! This kind of feels like a radio show, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> except we're not singing. Yeah. We could sing. And I would ask you how you are, but the whole point of this is to skip the small talk. Yeah. So, are you aware of what happens here? Mm-mm. So I've got 70 of my favourite ever questions... And they're intense and weird and they probe. And you're just going to pick a number from 1 to 70. Let's do 64. Wow, right near the end. Okay, when do you feel lonely? (laughs) Straight in there. You know, that's, that's an interesting question because my answer is not when I'm by myself. Really? The only... I'm very good at keeping myself occupied. I mean, I remember you know, having two siblings, which you can relate to. Yeah. I think you have to get pretty good at entertaining yourself because, you know, your parents can't always be paying attention to just you. Yeah. And so I never feel lonely when I'm by myself, but I do remember being in a relationship one time where I felt very lonely even when he was in the room. Whoa. How did it get to that point? Well, I think... He's the sort of person who, you know, he was he's in the public eye and he thinks he's really important and he feels really important and he's, you know, he's getting a constant hit of like cocaine to the brain because <laughs> right. of fame and like importance because he's always having like business things coming right. and he's, you know, everybody wants to talk to him. Yeah. And he was very bad at tuning that out and being present with someone. Right. So I often felt really alone that's horrible in a relationship relationship. and how like far into it did it start feeling like that it never did so it ended whoa but actually to be honest anytime i notice i'm very sensitive to people on their cell phones like not it's more like if you're at dinner with someone yeah and they start engaging with their phone and they're not listening to you that can it's make so, you feel really invisible yeah it's so frustrating yeah. and especially like nowadays people can't I mean I'm like 100% guilty of it but people can't go two minutes without checking their phone like even yeah. we went on a walk earlier and I was like I was taking photos and then I was texting Josh and I was like hang on a minute I'm like in America how the <laughs> hell am I not like really present it's just it's that's everyone though yeah it and really it's an is addiction it is it is um because it i think it really does light up that same part of your brain yeah that uh some drugs do which is happy happy deep, yeah it's happy there's a message somebody wants me somebody needs something from yeah me. but like it's so 
I feel so much happier though when I'm talking to friends and yeah. they're like right there so why the hell am I not doing that but that's crazy that you felt the most lonely with, with someone. someone exactly and yeah. so what about these days in your normal day-to-day life you just you don't feel lonely often I honestly can't say that I have felt lonely in a long time that is amazing yeah and, and so I like alone time yeah same I need it me too I'm like one of those people that loves to go and get lunch by myself yeah. and like loves to go to the cinema by, by yeah, myself yeah I do that too but yeah. like I have a friend and she she can barely want to go to the shop by herself mm. um she just loves to be around people and I get that too yeah. but there's something to be said for just being really happy in your own company mm-hmm. it's rare though i think these days i guess with phones you can right. you're never really alone well actually you know what's been an interesting experiment for me is because your phone's always near you i feel like we have this habit now as i do for sure where no matter what i'm doing if i'm at the car wash or if i'm if i am at dinner but my you know whoever i'm meeting with has left to the bathroom it's take the phone out <laughs> yeah. and start scrolling through instead i've been challenging myself to leave the phone wherever it is and just look at the room yeah like like what's actually what's happening. happening who's sitting next to us it's not always fun because it's more um it's more uh, what's the word stimulating yeah you know to get like feeds that change yeah. constantly instead of just like reacting to the slower pulse of the world yeah but then I also find it crazy, as the same way with music, when I go outside for a walk or go anywhere, I've got my headphones on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if for a brief moment I take them off and I just start hearing like cars and people going by and birds, I'm like, hang on a minute, this is so much better. I don't know, yeah. I'm just filling my brain and time and space with things all the time. Mm-hmm. And actually, you just feel so much better when there's a tiny bit more space. I agree. In like air, sound, everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's good to like balance yeah. the two things. Yeah. Okay, let's go for another one. Okay. Um, yeah, pick a number. Um, uh, 17. 17. Oh, this is going to this is going to be good. What was the worst phase in your life? Oh. Um I think probably the same as most people, middle school, yeah. so like 7th, 8th grade. You had a rough time, so right? So rough. I kind of wanted to die. I yeah. mean, I, like, so because okay. it was, it was teachers primarily that was making it hell for you. Or? No, it was, it was other girls. What? So can you? Yeah, yeah. tell us. So um, seventh grade, I, I went to a new school. I transferred to a new school, and in elementary school, I was popular for some reason people wanted to hang out with me for some I was, reason no really <laughs> I don't know I uh, people seemed to like me then in seventh grade no one liked me how did I that happen no friend I well I was really ugly as in people told me I was right so okay I, I had like really bad acne I was having it much earlier than other kids right most people didn't have um their periods or you know, I had had my period at like so young, eleven. Wow, 10, that 11. is really, really. Was really they hadn't even taught us what it was. You must have freaked out. We didn't have sex ed yet. Yeah, I freaked out, and I had to get a bra around the same time. It, everything happened way too early, so I was not excited about boobs <laughs> at all. I was like, press them down. Yeah, I don't want to see them. Yeah. Whereas 
you know, girls who were getting their periods around 13 were excited yeah. to get a bra and yeah. get their period. Um, so anyway, all this stuff was happening to me way too early. And um, so I had really bad acne. Um, I was going to a very prissy school really? where all the most, almost all the kids came from very wealthy families. And they had like designer clothes on. And I was more like lucky if I had a gap you know, sail bin outfit, <laughs> and um, I just, I didn't fit in, and the right. girls were so cruel to me. Kids can be so, so, so cruel. Yeah. What, like, what would they say? Um, I remember there was a group of girls very early on um, that I sort of decided, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'll fit in with these girls, yeah. and we went to their house, or went to one of the girls' house, and we all sat down in a circle, and the other girls started discussing how we were going to penetrate the popular group. Right. And the strategy was that we would start sitting on the sort of like the periphery yeah. of their circle and then work our way in, like infiltrated <laughs> That's every so time. Creepy. I don't know how that even happens. Yeah. It sounds like a sperm. Yeah. Egg, but, um, uh, I was like, yeah, cool. That sounds like such a good plan. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm down for that next day. They pretended like I didn't exist. All of them. Just like, they didn't even say hi. It was, it was horrible. I just can't even imagine how like, gutting and embarrassing and like, shameful that would feel. Because it was like, oh my God, they realized that the first thing they need to do to get popular is to drop me. Like, have no connection to me. Those are the kind of things that you see on films but Mm -hmm. think they never happen to actual people. But that, like, did that kind of carry on? Were were things like that always happening? That, so that happened for 7th and 8th grade. Right. And then my parents started noticing that I was really changing. They said that I became mean to my sisters. It's probably because I was so, you know, angry and sad. And, um... I was depressed, so they decided we can't keep her in this school. Wow. We've got to change the environment drastically. Yeah. So they pulled me out when school had already started, and uh, they put me in an all-girls Catholic school. And, uh, and Wait, is that where the horrible teacher was? Oh, I've had horrible teachers sort of like throughout I know, it sounds like from our conversations yeah. over the past couple of days, it sounds like you have had some horrendous like have, authority yeah. adult figures in your life. I mean, and to be honest, I've never, I've never been very good with authority. Right. So, but, but in a way where I don't like it when someone says do something. Because I told you so. Yeah. I need a reason. Exactly. That's know? fair, though. That's, That's so fair. I don't know why. And I think as, like, teachers, they assume just because you're, like, I'm your teacher and you're right. this age, you should not be able to question back. Right. But why not? You're in school. You should be able to question back. They should be encouraging you to ask why. Yeah, and, like... I agree. And even my parents did. They, my parents never did the because I told you so. Yeah. They never did that to me. They always explained and I like what you said about your parents the other day that they were always on your side no matter what and so that teacher then what age was that was that before oh that was fourth grade oh my god pretty early on right so tell that story because that's ridiculous so fourth grade oh no sorry this is the beginning of fifth grade okay how old are you then for my little British brain I think 11 or 12, probably turning 11, sorry, you're 11 turning 12 that year. Okay, so that's like year 7 for us. Oh. 
Yeah, I know. maybe I'm younger. Maybe I'm 10 turning 11. Okay, that makes more sense, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Okay, let's go with 10, 11. Okay. And this new teacher comes into the school, and she just decides very early on that she doesn't like me. And I know this. as Like, as a kid at 10, you think, oh, they're not very perceptive. Yeah. But no, I you picked know. up on the fact that she was really singling me out because we would break for recess or for lunch and she would only ask me to stay in class, That's not go crazy. eat lunch and like do work. And she would never give me an answer when I said, is there a reason why I can't go to lunch like yeah. everybody else? And she would just be like, cause I told you so. Do you have a problem with that? Yes, I have a fucking yeah. problem with that. <laughs> and then, so my first, my first strategy to fix it was to get on her good side to kiss up to her right. you know, make her happy and I would draw like pictures for her I would make little necklaces and she'd be like I don't like that I'm sorry but I I would love to just find her and like ask like just curious what the hell was it about this young girl that had done fuck all to so you wrong. yeah yeah like I'm so curious as to where that came from maybe Maybe you, like, reminded her of her or something. It's got to be something like yeah. that. Or, or reminded her of someone she didn't like when she was younger. Yeah. It's, it was so bizarre that an adult can treat a child. I know. Like, and I even asked her at one point. Did you? At the height of all this. I was like, what did I do to you? What did she say? Was she just annoyed at you for asking? She was like, you're a bad girl. Like, you're a bad person. <laughs> yeah. So, so school in general was pretty sucky for you like that yeah I never really liked school I actually always performed well in school because I I was a pretty competitive person I always um felt like it was my identity right to perform well wow um I always had good grades but I had a lot of issues with teachers and that I really love though because we were speaking earlier and you said that there's like this unshakable deep down confidence that Mm -hmm. you've always had and you've got the like surface insecurities that we all have but like there's this confidence in you I'm so curious as to where that came from whether that was just like parents or like I think it's just who I am that's amazing though because especially with you know like teachers being randomly mean to you for no reason and like those girls just like shutting you out that would eat away at a kid but that's Mm -hmm. so cool that you're just kind of like do you know what I'm still me and I'm still great yeah, you said it exactly, and um, it's hard to put it in a way that doesn't sound egotistical. No, I don't think it is. I think yeah. it's, like, admirable, and I'm, I'm, I would love to know. I mean, I guess it's not something that you consciously know, but there must have been something that kept you knowing deep mm. down that you were, like, still great, regardless of everything. I feel like, this is going to sound so, like, Gandhi-ish, but <laughs> I feel actually every single person is extraordinary. Right. And not in not in the same way though. Right. I think we are all that in unique ways, and a lot of us never figure out what that is or get in touch with it. Yeah. But what makes me feel lucky is I felt pretty early on that I was very very in tune with like the earth. I don't wow. know how to explain this. But I remember sitting in my mom's Volvo station wagon as a really, really young girl. This is one of my earliest memories. Right. And I know it's a memory and it's not somebody telling me this because I was alone. I was sitting in the car and the sunlight was 
coming through our front yard and like also poking through all these huge cosmos flowers that my mom had planted yeah and used to scare me because they had a lot of bees but they were beautiful and I just remember thinking that it was my duty to like figure out what it is that I'm good at and then to change the world for the better with it and that was you were like so young yeah yeah and I just felt I felt really powerful oh my god and that takes like years of practice for people and adults to just get to a point where they understand that kind of like basic foundation of helping people and you just had that like I don't know what it was yet but I knew that I had to find it amazing um interestingly so I didn't realize it was music or I think it's music for a long time because I thought I sucked at music which you so don't which (laughs) I'm hopefully better at now (laughs) after years and years of like you know owning my my craft but um, I didn't think I had any chance of doing music as the thing to you know impact other people until I was probably in my 20s so how because I know that when we've spoken before you said you went through like a a phase of like listening to death metal and stuff like that was that like a particularly kind of angsty phase? Like, did you have a lot of pent up anger and stuff? I did. Was what was that from? Was that from like middle school? It was school the aftermath that? of middle school. Wow. So I was angry about that, and then um, I went to this all girls Catholic school, yeah. which you can you know I can relate. relate to. And in some ways, I was really grateful for it because the girls were nicer. Once you remove the boys, I just felt like girls were a lot less catty. Yeah. There's still like groups, you know. People yeah. Sort of gravitate toward people that they relate to or have the same interests with but it wasn't necessarily a hierarchy right and people weren't mean to each other okay at least in this school and but the part that was making me a little angry was how hard they were shoving the religion down our throats wow that's interesting yeah i really didn't like that so i think if not for going to the Catholic school. I might still be a a little bit Christian. I don't know, but (laughs) I, we had mandatory Bible classes in in school and it was part of our GPA. So you couldn't, you know. Yeah. What, so how come your mom and dad sent you that? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Fuck. Oh yeah. We couldn't fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Had to like take it seriously. Yeah. And the more in depth I started reading the Bible, we wrote, we read the old Testament and the new Testament. I was like, this is really messed up. Yeah. Like, I do not subscribe to this. Yeah. There's some, like, nice nuggets to take, but they're just, they're just stories. I know. And I didn't like this whole tone of, like, God's testing you. Yeah. You know, like, if he tells you to take your son up to the mountain and sacrifice him. You better do it. You better. Yeah. Because you love God, right? It's like, what? Yeah. Wait, so why no. did your parents send you there? If it, Were they, like, heavily kind of Christian? No, but it was the only school that would take me oh. late in the year. Wow. Because they started a little bit later than the other schools. Okay, that makes like, sense. Yeah, okay, we'll take another kid. Because I remember very clearly kind of sitting in mass or whatever it was every Friday morning and just kind of looking around and noticing kids just saying the same words it was like the our father or whatever yeah and no one had a fucking clue what they were actually saying they just knew it as if it was like a song lyric and i was just like this feels cult like because <laughs> no one's understanding what's going on and we're all like 11 Do you 12 remember that prayer our father 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. I think I do. We Ours was a song. What? We sang it every Monday. Go on. Went, Our Father, who art in heaven, oh my God. hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thou Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Like we, oh yeah, my god, that sounds heaven. so American. It like is. I feel like you should be like saluting at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was actually like kind of a nice song, but wow. Yeah. So, how has that affected your view on religion going forward? Were you just like after that, like fuck that? Yeah, yeah. I think that my general view on it is. I respect anything that makes people a better person. Yes. And not close-minded. So as long as, like, if religion's doing that for you and not making you exclusive, like, I believe this, and if you don't, you go burn for eternity. (laughs) I'm not on board with that. But if it just makes you a better person, great. But in general, I'm not a fan of organized religion. I think it does more harm. Same. More harm than good. good, 100%. Mm -hmm. And people really, I think, would benefit more from um, not focusing so much on what the next life has in store for you, but yeah. how can you better yourself now? And that, uh, other people's lives yeah. now. Yeah. And be kind because you want to be, not for fear of punishment. Yeah. And I have, I have many Christian friends now just through things that I've done in the past. And this is going to sound like I'm tooting my own trumpet but a lot of them have said like you're a, you act a better kind of christian mm-hmm. than many other that i others that i know and yeah. you're you're not you you don't practice it type of thing does that make sense it does <laughs> and i agree completely. yeah 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 and so how did that then this angsty phase go oh, yeah. to you uploading a viral video on youtube oh well, there's <laughs> actually quite a bit of gap between that but so yeah in high school i was angry i felt repressed and so i started listening to like slayer it's so funny like metallica deftones tool um just like primer 55 just angry like kind of screaming music just felt so pleasurable it just felt (laughs) like me um and i still love metal yeah and um I had my goth phase where I had my lip pierced. I, ha- I need to pale. see a photo of you with that. Yeah, there. I don't. Yeah, there must be a photo. You're gonna somewhere. have to find that for yeah. me. <laughs> in like a Catholic school girl outfit, you know. <laughs> wow. um, but uh, so, what happens after that? So, oh, I know. Starting around 16, I start secretly writing songs. And Why secretly? secretly? Because it's not for other people to hear. Right. It is for me. Okay. It's like journal writing, except that I didn't like just words. I wanted music, and it felt more therapeutic when I combined the two. Yeah. They weren't even like songs, really. Yeah. They didn't have format. It right. was just, here's a melody, here's a chord, and here are my thoughts. Right. And so I started doing that, and then I started fantasizing about surprising my school at the very, very end when it didn't matter what anyone thought about me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a like a talent uh, contest once a year. Right. So it was at the very end of the school year. So I was like, okay, maybe when I'm a senior, I'll perform one song or I'll have somebody sing a song because my voice sucks. I'll just have somebody sing the song that I've written. Yeah. And that'd be pretty cool because I was known as the jock. I was always like the tennis player. In okay. And so 18, um, I decide to do a song 
and it's in front of the whole school. That's terrifying. How do you go from like secretly writing songs to being so oh, maybe it's, it's that, that deep, like, deep confidence? Like, I can do this. I think. Wow. And so, like every teacher I had in high school, all the parents of the students, my tennis coach, every every kid I go to school with, and I remember so vividly. It was the big theater, right, of the school. And they put a little stool for me in the middle of the stage. And I sat on it and I was so nervous. I thought I was going to fall over. I was so mad that they didn't give me a seat where I could <laughs> yeah. plant my legs on the ground. Yeah. Because I, I just felt like I was going to tip yeah. over this stool. Yeah. And um, I, I could also smell the curtains. They had these old red velvet curtains. And I don't think they ever get dusted. So they had this like musty yeah. smell. and. I was like breathing the curtains before <laughs> it, you know, it opened, and, um, and then I heard <laughs> like the student, you know, worker kids opening yeah. up the curtains, and I'm looking at everyone, pretty much I've ever known, and then I start singing this song, and I got through it, and then at the end it was dead quiet, not a peep. What in a and good I, way? No, I. No, I thought it was bad. Oh. So I was like, and then just like a roar. Like everyone just screaming, standing, just like pulling their hair out like it's Oprah, offering them a car or something. Oh my God. And then I thought in that moment, oh, maybe this is it. I'm actually good at this. Yeah. Wow. And so then was it shortly after you were like, let's... I don't know, because you did the kind of like circuit in LA of like open mic nights and stuff for a while, right? So I went off to college because even though I found this this new like power and passion, it wasn't enough to tell my parents that I wasn't going to go off to university and study. So I went to school... And halfway through it, I just decided I, ha- I want to try this music thing. I feel like now is my time. And I don't know if I'm making a huge mistake, but I begged my parents to let me just take a year off. Yeah. And it was then that I just put myself in boot camp. So I had a chart and it said every single open mic in Los Angeles on each day of the week. Wow. And I went like, five to six days a week to wow. a different open mic. And that was my practice. Of, I love that it's not like an exercise class. You're just going to no, a different yeah. mic. That's amazing. Because open mics, you have one song, maybe two, to like impress the audience. Did you play a cover or your own? My own, always. Wow. I never did covers in the beginning. And people responded really well. Like it, you, mm-hmm. your confidence grew. Grew, yeah, definitely. And then I made friends. And then, that, and then you start graduating and doing mini shows if the person doing the open mic is like hey you're pretty good kid like yeah, yeah. on wednesday yeah at four o'clock and play a show and you're like yes yeah and so i started doing that and then um it took me uh two years two full years of doing that before i got a publishing deal as a songwriter wow first okay um i was 21 and that must have felt like the best thing ever like i'm really getting something I was out. like yeah I am realizing my dreams, but what you realize actually quickly after that is getting signed means really absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's just like here's a loan. What are you gonna do with it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't actually get help. So, yeah. So I got the pub pub deal first, and then 
and did a demo, ended up getting a record deal about a year later, made an album, handed it into the record label, and they're like, cool. Does anyone know who you are? I was like, no. Isn't that what you were supposed to do? Isn't that your responsibility? Yeah, and they're like, nope. Put me on the shelf. Oh my god. My album. Six months went by. Nothing. No music video. No tour. Was that a major label? Yeah, Disney. Fuck major labels. They are awful. They were throwing like half a million dollars out for, you know, a kid to do a music Mm -hmm. video. And they wouldn't give me even a laptop and Final Cut Pro. I had to choose one or the other. Oh my god. What am I doing? What would I do with uh, Final Cut Pro without exactly exactly so i get the laptop that's how the youtube thing started somebody sent me a video and they're like look if they're not helping you kids are starting to upload like crappy home videos of themselves singing i know this feels a little bit backward because you're on like the major label and whatever but if you're out of choices why don't you give it a shot so was umbrella your first cover it was like my fifth fourth yeah and because I I remember that area of life, but I don't remember it well at all. I just long remember. Time ago. I know. I remember seeing it and being like, "Holy shit, this covers everywhere!" But what was that like for you? Like, how long did it take to go viral? And we like, how was that? Um, it was really quick. <laughs> was actually. it actually? Mm-hmm. So I did not think it was going to work that well and that quickly, and. Um, Okay, so let me think. The first one I ever did was in the bathroom. <laughs> I love my bathroom covers. the best. The reverb, yeah. I always sing in the... I still sing in the me bathroom. Me too. I just, just sit on my toilet. Yeah, you go. <laughs> I think I even left the toilet paper in the first many videos. But yeah. I did a Corinne Bailey Ray cover, but it was acapella. Sorry, oh, not, wow. not acapella. It was karaoke where I found oh, an okay, instrumental yeah. and I sang on it. And I was like, this is fun, but... I'm not that special. You have to know your gifts. So I knew that I can sing, but I don't have like a voice you've never heard before, right? Like it's solid. Right. But that's not what makes me special. I felt like I was able to connect with someone much better if I wrote the song and played it and sang it at the same time, like tailored to my voice. Right. Um, or I felt like I'm a pretty good storyteller. Like I could feel the emotion of a song and convey that. Okay. Yeah. Even if I didn't have the gymnastics of it. Yeah. I felt like I could make someone enjoy it. So I was like, okay, well then I shouldn't just be singing on top of somebody else's song. I need to make somebody listen to a song in a way they haven't heard it before. And so I was like, I'm going to pick a really produced pop song and deconstruct it. Right. And then just show them that it can be done with an acoustic instrument and a voice. Yeah. And that pop songs are actually kind of genius. They seem very simple, but not everyone can write. No. You know, a hooky number one song. No. On three chords or four chords. Exactly. It's like what me and Dan are always saying, you know it's a good song if you can strip away the production and it's still a really right. good song. And yeah. Like on an acoustic instrument. Yeah. And so I felt like, okay, well, this is going to be my my route. And then as soon as I did that, 
that was the umbrella cover where I um, I heard it on the radio that day. I went home and just learned how to play it on the acoustic guitar. Put put the video, I mean, put the camera on, and then that went. That sounded like something turned off. We should check. <laughs> okay, so the camera just shut off. So we've <laughs> we're starting again. If the lighting looks different for people watching on YouTube, but anyway, where were we? So you um, uploaded well, umbrella. Yeah. And um, that's the video that uh, I woke up the next morning and typically I was really excited if I had about 30 to 40 views on a video because I was like, 30 people I don't know, yeah. maybe like 10, but watch it a few times, watch my video, but the, the umbrella one, it was like, I woke up the next morning, it was like 650,000 <gasps> and I was like, something's wrong with the counter. <laughs> yeah. Something has happened. But oh then my god! It just kept exponentially. The numbers kept jumping. Every hour, I'd refresh it and it'd be like one point two million, two point five million. It was just exploding. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't yeah. even imagine the excitement and like bewilderment. Because yeah. YouTube was just not a thing back then. No, it was like it is new. now. Yeah. Yeah, and it was exciting and horrifying because you know, like I was telling you. When you start reaching a large group of people, you will get all kinds of comments. I mean, I was seeing horrible ones, nice ones, and it's kind of it's, te- it's yeah. jarring to yeah. go from nothing to here's the meanest thing you will ever hear. And everyone wants to give their opinion on yeah. you and your face and your voice and yeah. the room you're and you in. You can't help but read it. You want to. You're excited. You, you're seeing the comments stream in and you're like, I want to read them all, but... As a sensitive person, it's really hard to shake off the mean ones and the easy, the nice ones like going one ear and out the other. Yeah, but the mean is ones is that stick. like still the case now? I guess your YouTube kind of you I'm don't not, upload that much. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say not enough is happening for me to get mean comments. But yeah. if I do start seeing mean comments now, I actually realize it, it's, it's more a about... good sign. In a, in oh, a way. okay, yeah. yeah, like you're you're. Reaching a broader audience, if you start seeing some mean comments, yeah. it means that people are jealous or people are wanting to bring you down because you're causing a stir. Yeah. So. so what happened then? You went viral, and then what? I get. I'm guessing, knowing major labels, they just took. All yeah, they the... called me and they were like, "So uh, we heard about this YouTube thing. Looks like it's going pretty well. You want to put your album out now?" And I was like, "Fuck you! Yeah, I've been waiting yeah. two years." And so, but I was like, okay, sure, well, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. At least they're, they're going to put it out. Yeah. And, but what they didn't tell me is they su- sent out like a, a media blast. Right. Saying um, that they had discovered me on YouTube. Oh my God. And signed uh... me. And like, we're whipping together an album. We'll be right back. No, it is done. It has been done for like a year now. And it's been on the shelf. I, and you signed me a long time ago. I hate the music industry. It's so crooked. And they thought that they wouldn't, that no one would figure out that that was a lie. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. What's been your, like, darkest point in the music industry? Or the point where you were just like, this is horrible. Like, people so, are vultures, fickle, fickle vultures. Yeah. Um, that would be <laughs> right after that. So, yeah. Um, I didn't know about that media blast. And um, we have a very large newspaper here called the Wall Street Journal. Yes. 
yeah and they contacted me and they wanted to do an article and everybody at the label was like that's so cool and my, my dad was the only one to say I read the Wall Street Journal that doesn't really make sense why I mean he's like really proud of you yeah but why do they want to do an article on you they talk about business and not really music right so what's their angle and I was like I don't know everybody's excited I'm gonna do it yeah and so I do this interview I tell them about my whole story how I started posting and how I didn't have the label support and um, he even comes to my show and I talk to him and I, I told him everything and the truth and he knew it yeah so one morning <clears throat> we wake up the day that the article is supposed to come out and we think that it's just going to be like a little tiny blurb somewhere in the back you know the newspaper. yeah my face is on the front page my face, <laughs> of the like, Wall Street Journal yeah and I look like a criminal too like they've um, sketched my face with it's black and white like dots it's like what and it says uh like youtube youtube star youtube phenome has a big secret and he his article is basically that the the label orchestrated this that they, they told me that i was going to be this like youtube star i was going to use this new thing that they you know new technology to like dupe the fans into thinking that they had discovered me and that they told me what songs to sing and oh they were involved they weren't anywhere near me they had nothing to do with my youtube and they were taking all the credit for it and then the guy who wrote the article though he knows the truth he knows that that's not the interesting story the interesting story is to be like disney the big bad like label and the mean artist who like duped you all oh my god authentic like this has all been staged what the fuck and then i i received just like unbelievable amounts of the most hateful emails i've ever received and i was sick i think i i probably lost i don't even know so much weight because i couldn't eat i felt so sick to my stomach and i wanted to tell everyone that that was a huge lie but people respect the wall street journal they're like yeah because it's it's truth right now i don't now i'm not trump but (laughs) i don't really trust i know it's a business newspapers are also a business yeah so they have to write what they think will sell but that must have been so hard because you were finally getting some recognition mm-hmm. after years and years right. and really, really feeling excited about that. Yeah. And then everyone just turns against you, it right. seems. Or all the media that you thought you wanted to be in. It's just like, nope. You're... Right. And the, the, the most hurtful part was that I was getting a lot of these really mean emails from other musicians who felt like, hey, we're, re- we're the real ones and we're struggling here and you cheated us. And I'm like no I am you like I also felt like I was being cheated by my label I was alone oh my I god I had to do this or else they would have taken my songs and I would have never released them to the world at yeah. all and um, I actually end up spending way too much of my time writing back to almost every single one of these people but I got apologies really? from all of them but I guess you would because it would feel so unjust and I don't know about you, but one of the worst feelings in the world for me is when someone accuses me of lying about right. something that I just know categorically yeah. that I've not lied about. Yeah. 
Um, and so that, and to get that tenfold from shitloads of people. Yeah, it was really tough. And as like a 20, I don't know, I think it was 23, 24, something in that zone. I wasn't equipped to really deal with that. Yeah. And, um, but in hindsight, it actually made me a bigger deal than I was. Because right. because of that article, then Rolling Stone wanted to do an article, and then it was just like snowball effect okay. for what's her story. Right, okay, so, so that kind of... ended up working for me. Wow. In the end, although it sucked. Yeah. Because I was in it. Would you say that was one of your lowest points? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. like, what a shame. <laughs> Finally getting Like, somewhere. my highest high, my lowest low yeah. is like right back to back I mean that if that isn't if that doesn't sum up music I yeah. don't know what does the highest highs and the lowest lows yeah you you really do have to have a very tough outer shell I think too yeah and we're like like we're saying highly sensitive people so it's really taken sensitive. like a long time <laughs> yeah I'm still sensitive but same uh, you do have to get good at hearing no yeah and being like all right, I don't really care. I'm going to keep doing this, yeah. you know? Yeah, Unless you really do stuff, then... <laughs> then, you know, you should probably should know probably, that. Yeah, I should tell you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so glad it's not all over you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so glad I finally got to hear that story because I've met you a couple times now yeah. and we've gotten to know each other really well, but I actually never knew that story, so I'm happy. Yeah, it feels like... A lifetime ago. It kind of was. Yeah. And now you're going to get married. Yeah. Going to the jet pool. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited um, for you. I am too. I. It took me a long time, but I finally found a good dude. So. Yay. Well, it's have the best marrying. wedding. Thank and you. Thank you so much. Man, what a story. Wall Street Journal front page like a criminal. That's insane. The media is insane. Marie, thank you so much for letting me dive into your brain. It was an absolute treat and you have so many cool stories to tell and it is a pleasure hearing them. So thank you so, so much. Don't forget, if you want to get these episodes earlier, you can sign up to my Patreon page. It's just patreon.com slash Kate McGill. Thanks again just for the messages and for liking and following and rating and whatever you do. Um, We're all over social media if you want to come and join in the conversation. And just thanks so much. I hope you guys have an awesome couple of weeks and I'll see you again soon.